UCP leader Danielle Smith and NDP leader Rachel Notley will face off tonight at the first and only Alberta Leaders Debate. Meanwhile, a new poll suggests nearly half of Albertans say the debate will impact their vote. Calgary police arrested teen Josh Alexander after a confrontation with a mob of trans activists. The Governor General's office billed taxpayers over $88,000 for designer clothes. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, May 18th. And this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Cosman Georgia. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Nearly half of Albertans say the leaders debate between United Conservative Party leader Danielle Smith and Alberta NDP leader Rachel Notley will impact their vote a new poll suggests. Tonight's debate comes in week three of the provincial election campaign, with polls still showing a tight race between the two parties. A global Ipsos poll found that 43% of respondents said the event would, quote, be an important factor in my vote decision. Another 40% of respondents disagreed, while 16% said they don't know. Both Notley and Smith have been campaigning to appeal to moderates in swing ridings in Calgary. Both have made announcements to increase public safety, invest in healthcare, and to cut taxes. The UCP teed off the election campaign with a promise to create a new 8% tax bracket on income under 60,000. Under the new policy, every Albertan earning $60,000 or more will save $760 with savings of up to $1,500 per family. Meanwhile, the Alberta NDP pledged to drop the small business tax rate down to zero, matching the rate in Saskatchewan. You can watch tonight's debate with me as True North will be covering the debate live starting at 5 p.m. Mountain Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Cosman, in the years that I have been working as a political journalist, I always get really excited for leaders' debates. I typically have mostly covered federal politics. I always be really excited to watch the debate, to cover it live, and then the debate would happen, and I'd be like, oh, wow, this is an enormous waste of time. find that typically the way debates are set up, they don't actually allow for a lot of back and forth, and it's become just about leaders getting in their cheap shots and getting in their talking points. Now, I know Danielle Smith is really good at discussing policy. That's something that she's highly lauded for. But I mean, it really will come down to the questions. And this is being run by the mainstream media, so I don't have a lot of hope, as well as a debate format. Do you think this will actually be interesting and useful for all these viewers who say they're relying on this debate to help them decide how to cast their ballot? Well, look, I think you strike at an interesting point. It's usually politicos like us, people uh, involved in in monitoring Canada's political landscape who are really excited about debates. So with this poll, you know, you should take it with a grain of salt. I don't think 43% of Alberta voters will be tuning into the debate. Uh, Perhaps they will hear about it. Perhaps they will see some clips but you know even with poll respondents poll respondents i think generally tend to be a little bit more politically engaged and involved so um whether this will actually tip the scale on these uh, tight polls we've seen uh, i'm not sure but uh, i guess we'll have to see how tonight goes one benefit of tonight's debate is that it is just between the two main political parties so for the first time in a while We have an election that's really just between the Alberta NDP and the UCP. There's not a lot of other parties in the race here. They've all just been trending so low. 
So it's just between Smith and Nolly. So at least they'll both get a lot of airtime to really discuss their ideas. But hopefully they're given a decent format to work with, not something like we saw at the, for example, federal Conservative Party leaders debate in Edmonton last summer, where it turned into just a bunch of gimmicks and was very cartoonish. Hopefully this is actually useful for voters. One very unfortunate thing is that the debate consortium has been in charge of running this debate. And they are only letting members of the Alberta Press Gallery access it. So I, along with most of my other independent media colleagues, won't be able to attend the debate, which is frustrating. I don't understand why the United Conservative Party, which under Danielle Smith has often championed independent media, would have agreed to this debate format. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. It's troubling to see that independent media are being kept out of this. Uh, I mean... You know, we've seen some of the questions that the legacy media uh, tends to propose to leaders, and quite frankly, they don't actually uh, dig into the, the issues enough. Um, but as you said, you know, this is a, a two-horse race, so I think as a, as a debate itself, it will be a great opportunity to see these two candidates get into the ring and, and really... Uh, present what they're all about. You know, we, we've seen some uh, jabs being traded. We also saw a, a moment of, of solidarity with the wildfires where both Notley and Smith uh, met together to discuss this issue. So I, I just really am interested to see how that will play out. Will it be more about the, the policies at hand or will this really be a personality contest? A video circulating on social media shows Calgary Police Services leading teenage activist Josh Alexander away in handcuffs after he was surrounded by a mob of LGBTQ activists. The Rebel News clip shows Alexander being shoved around by a group of protesters before a handful of law enforcement officials intervene. Alexander is then handcuffed and led away from the scene by a police officer. The teen took to Twitter after his arrest and said, quote, According to Calgary Police, my views were too inflammatory to be expressed near the Western Canada High School. Thankfully, some of my assailants were charged after the event. I will not yield to the pressure of the woke mob or corrupt state. We will continue to spread the truth in love. This isn't the first instance Alexander has been detained by police over his opposition to gender ideology. He was first arrested earlier this year while on school property after he was suspended by St. Joseph's Catholic High School in Renfrew, Ontario. Alexander got into trouble because he stated that there were only two genders and opposed the school's gender-neutral bathrooms. So I haven't really seen or heard from the Calgary police about the nature of these charges uh, Alexander mentioned. Uh, but you've seen the video, Rachel, um, of Alexander, you know, surrounded by these people and the police come and, and essentially haul him away. Do you think there's a little bit of a double standard here on uh, depending on where you're standing on this issue, on how police treat you? This is another bizarre story. I've seen Josh Alexander face a lot of really difficult circumstances in recent weeks during the March for Life. It Appeared he wasn't allowed to access Parliament Hill with security and police sort of saying you're not allowed to enter this property and they just said he wasn't going to be able to access Parliament Hill on March for Life so he's certainly being targeted he's certainly in the limelight a lot not exactly sure what he was hauled away for in this case 
However, I am glad to see that some of the protesters were also charged because so often what we see in these cases is people who are out rallying or attending a protest face a lot of violence from counter protesters, you know, people yelling in their ears, people throwing glitter at them in one of the videos I've seen. And it seems like often these counter protesters don't face any charges or consequences for their actions. And that's really where we see the double standard come in. So I'm going to wait to see what we learn more about Josh Alexander and exactly what he was hauled away for. But it is a positive sign that the people that were harassing him uh, allegedly have also been charged in this case. The governor general of Canada's office racked up over $88,000 in expenses on designer fashion at the expense of taxpayers since 2017. According to the National Post, both Julie Payette, who occupied the position until 2021, and current Governor General Mary Simon have expensed clothing items worth hundreds to thousands of dollars apiece. In 2019, Payette expensed boots costing over $1,000, and a year later she bought a vest for $1,800 and around a $2,500 suit. As for Simon, her office claimed dress shoes costing up to $440 and a $160 scarf with her taxpayer-funded expense account. Canadian Taxpayers Federation Federal Director Franco Terrazano said that due to the large salaries earned by governor generals, they should be required to pay for their own expenses. Terrazano said, quote, Many Canadians are actually stressed about the price of clothing, but the governor general isn't one of them. If the Prime Minister and Ministers can pay for their own clothes, then surely Governor Generals can too. According to the rules, the Governor General is allowed to expense up to $130,000 in clothing items over their entire five-year mandate. The first year has a $60,000 limit for the amount of expenses claimed, and the last year has a $10,000 limit. So I wasn't actually aware of the rule where they were allowed to expense up to $130,000 in clothing over their five-year mandate. Seems fairly obvious to me that there's no reason for this rule to exist. Like everybody else, they can pay for their own clothes, especially considering that they are funded by the taxpayer. This is an especially tone-deaf story to be dropping right now with, like Terrazano pointed out, Canadians really feeling the price of everything and clothing being a factor of that as well. You know, if you want to buy nice luxury clothing, I have absolutely no issue with that. If you can afford it, go ahead, no problem. But pay for it yourself, especially in this case, we know they can afford it. Yeah, I mean, $130,000 is like well beyond what most Canadians make every single year. And it's it's quite incredible because I didn't even know about this either. Um, and the fact is, uh, MPs and the Prime Minister, as Terzano mentioned, are actually required to pay for their own clothing and whatnot, right? So I do understand one of the points that have been made in defense of this is that, you know, the governor general is a ceremonial role and sometimes they're required to, you know, wear ceremonial clothing uh, befitting of their event, which makes sense. But is that really, you know, do we really need to spend one hundred thirty thousand dollars on this? And I I don't think so. It looks like some of the items purchased here are uh, more personal business casual items as well as the ceremonial stuff so i there's definitely room to cut down on this yeah you make a valid argument i mean the 160 dollars scarf like i know that was not the most expensive item on the list by far it actually was the cheapest listed here i just can't imagine spending that much money on a scarf it seems so ridiculous the shoes a 444 dollars for shoes you know you can get a nice pair of shoes that will last your whole life or for years 
at that amount of money and those are more of an investment but the scarf is just really puzzling to me i cannot imagine spending that much money and yeah you're right maybe there could be a small a small budget for ceremonial items but this does seem a bit excessive and personally i'm just a little bit triggered by this i love nice clothing i would love to be able to spend absurd amounts of money on clothing and obviously that's just not feasible for me or for most people we go shopping at winners you know find, trying to find that great deal and so this is just this bothers me on a personal level yeah and i just want to add you know we've seen the exuberance that comes out of the governor general's office right we saw that with uh, all those bills that she racked up during that flight i think it was to the middle east she took a tour and it was you know this luxury this luxury in terms of meals and and uh drinks and whatnot and and this keeps happening again and it's not only the governor general's office right we've seen it with the prime minister's office particularly we reported a piece about uh justin trudeau's household grocery bills and they were outrageous so you know it, it, it this seems to be like normal for our government that's it for today and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know and if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.